easiest way to get yourself into a good state is to help somebody in need. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. I'm Terry Lepofsky, your chauffeur, and we have a unique show lined up for you today. We're here gathering today to explore the topic of the leadership mindset. You know, it's been said that what got you here won't get you there. This perfectly illustrates one of the most challenging aspects that people find in their transition to become more intentional in their lives or if they're getting promoted or starting to lead teams. People can't rely on the activities that made them successful on the front line or what they did to lead small teams if they're getting promoted to an executive role. One of the most important shifts that people can make when leading others is to shift their perspective and their mindset. This can be a subtle shift, but it's definitely profound. Our guest today is an expert in the field of changing perspectives and mindsets. He wrote the book on it. Actually, he's written a couple of books on it, Mindset is Everything and Life is Motivation. He has a third book in the works right now. Connor LaRock founded L.A. Rock Enterprises, an outbound sales company, and he's also co-founded Social Rise Marketing. He's into mixed martial arts, and he's been featured on CTV, CBC, and Life on the Rocks, his own inspiring online TV show where he's the host. Joining us for our journey today is one of my favorite authors and keynote speakers, a man with boundless energy. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, Connor LaRock. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, Terry. Like I said before, what time is it? It seems like it's game time right now. It's game time. Yes, it is. Before we see our first pass, I got a quick question for you. What leader has inspired you, Connor, and why? I'm going to tell you honestly, Tony Robbins for his boundless energy and his mindset. Honest to God, if you look at Tony, I've never seen anybody like that in my life. He resonates with you. He creates that connection with you as a person. He's down on an individual level. He's more than just a person, it seems. He really resonates with everybody. He's probably had the hardest impact within my life in terms of personal development and in terms of growth within that mindset in the personal development field. You know, every time I see an image or even a video of Tony Robbins, I have to admit something. I actually think about you. Really? Because you've got that boundless energy. You're the tigger of the motivational speaking world. You know, in your book, Life is Motivation, and the other book, uh, Mindset is Everything, you talk about continually setting targets, coming up with a solid game plan, and then following through in order to achieve fulfillment. You also describe how leaders need to work harder than the pack in order to lead it. And you remind us that luck is an illusion. If you don't mind, Connor, would you please walk us through how these insights came to you, how they became crystallized into the thinking that we now find on the Amazon bookstore shelf, and maybe give us a glimpse into what's to come in your third book, A PhD in Rejection. By the way, I love that title. Like, what is it that we would hear if we attended one of your keynote talks? Definitely. Whatever got me started, honestly, over the last six years, I've been studying the uncertainty factor university students, college students, high school students are facing from going from school, then trying to find a job in the workforce. So after studying a number of these people, I designed an entrepreneurial position called a motivational analyst. What that position entails basically is that I study the successes and failures of high-end achievers and peak performers. 
And what I what I ended up finding, like looking through a lot of this stuff, there was a similar pattern that you're starting to see with people. It's that these people that are performing at a peak level, for instance, so you take guys like Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk. What I discovered is there was a simple formula for the success they reached. I call it my mindset psychology formula. Okay. It was based like this. If you want to achieve anything in life, first off, you have to have a strategy. These guys had some kind of a strategy, something they can work for, so that's a target. And then what happened next with it is they had clarity, so they knew what they wanted. It was that clarity aspect. It was so clear that they didn't have to think about it. They knew exactly what they wanted in that moment, what they wanted to create. And then the third thing, obviously, the most important part as an entrepreneur is your execution. Those were the three variables I found that coincided with anyone that was very successful or peak perform. What I found for myself and why I wrote these books is I think there's a lack of clarity within our society today. I can ask over 100 people in a room and I say, what do you want? Like, what specifically do you want? And a lot of the time they're like, well, you know, I want a million dollars or I want this. And I'm like, well, break it down for me for a second. Why do you want that million dollars? Well, I actually did a YouTube video called The Education System or a Debt Collector and one that coincided that was called What Would It Take You to Feel Rich? The reason I wrote that, I was taking your money aside. I was just saying, at the end of the day, I wanted to break it down and say, really, what is it that you guys want? But then we break it down. They're like, well, you know, I'm just going to invest the rest of this. And they don't have any concise plan to back up their strategy. Then they wonder why they're not executing properly. And then ideally, they fail. Now, what I found with the most successful people in the world is that clarity. They have like a pristine clarity on what they want. And that's what I tried to do in, in my books was ask these very thought-provoking questions to focus you in. So I'd start very broad, what do you want? And then as we go, we'd start asking, what aspect of your life can you fix? And then we break it down. And that's basically where I started my brand, just off of that clarity issue. I'm trying to help people that face uncertainty. So basically what you can expect from the third book that's coming out, PhD in Rejection, it talks a lot about my story and how it kind of came together, how I faced so much rejection. I make a joke that I was selling door to door for five months. I had so many doors slammed in my face that I should have been wearing steel toe boots, honestly. <laughs> the third book, it kind of ties in with this one massive failure I had. I was pitching with one of the top 20 publicists in the world. His name is RJ Garris, nationalpublicist.com. I was pitching to places like Fox News, Success Magazine, Canadian National, and guess what, Terry? Out of the $8,000 I spent on my campaign, I literally didn't land a single interview. Wow, that's powerful stuff. But you talked about the fact that a lot of people don't even have goals set up. You reminded me a little bit of a study that I saw from the Harvard Business Review a few years back, where they discovered that only 3% of people have goals that are written down and a plan set up to follow those goals. 27% of people had a goal, but it was just sort of loosely shaken around in the back of their mind somewhere. It wasn't written down and there was certainly no plan. But what really struck me was 70% of people in this study had no goal. Wow. And that is a shocker. It really is. If you want to think about this for a second, we have so many thousands of thoughts going through our head at once. And why it's so important to set that goal, have that target, is that obviously gives you something to aim for. I always say it like this. You know, rather than shooting out towards the stars, head towards the moon, because then you have a concise plan. You're not just kind of going into the, the abyss. And the reason I'm talking about that lack of clarity is because it's the clarity that's going to give you that target. It's not like, well, I just kind of want to be a banker or I want to do this job. You have to get really fundamental and break down what you're trying to do. And that's what's going to help a number of people. And that's what you're finding is that clarity issue. So setting a target, like I said, if there's millions of thoughts going through your head all the time, when you have a set target, it's like, well, I want to be a doctor or a specialist. You have that thought in your head. You take that from your conscious mind, bring that into the physical world, write it down. Then you can see it. It becomes real. It's not just in your thoughts, right? It's not just kind of floating around. And that's why it's so important to set goals and targets. 
And what happens is we become complacent because we're thinking to ourselves, well, yeah, I wrote this down on paper, but then you don't believe it. So then you need guys like you and me that we come out and kind of give someone that push. That's the important part about targets. I think it's 8% of people complete their New Year's resolution. Right. <laughs> now you talked about the third book, the PhD in rejection. I love the whole idea that you suggested getting steel toe boots for all the doors that are going to get slammed on your feet. But this is a good thing though, isn't it? You know, we need to get more comfortable with failing, don't we? Thing. Everyone's scared of it. They're scared of the what if question. What if somebody judges me? What if they reject me? To do that, to learn. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, the way to get experience is by doing something you're not used to. You don't have to work a job for 20 years. You just have to put yourself within that environment to find out how you react. And that's how you're going to build the confidence. But so many people just, they're in their own heads. They're sitting there, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? Well, what if you show up at your job and all of a sudden you get a raise? You meet somebody that's going to completely change your life. I think if we need a paradigm shift, something like Bob Proctor would say, you know, you need that paradigm shift from, you know, thinking what if negative to what if positive and conditioning that, programming that within your mind so that whatever environment you go into, you're going to have the kind of self-sustaining platform is what I like to call it. So that no matter what happens, no matter how hard you get hit, you're going to be able to program yourself. You're going to be able to come back. Failure is such a prominent part of your growth, but you learn when you get hit. And you get hit hard and all of a sudden you might not be able to get back up because that's what's going to change that perspective. And it'll humble you in a sense. But then all of a sudden, next time you get into a situation or you engage with somebody, you can relate more. Your confidence is built off of that. And that's why it's so important. You know, you're reminding me of a comic that I saw a little while ago that made its rounds in the executive coaching world. The comic has two people, a CFO and a CEO. The uh, CFO says to the CEO, what happens if we train all of our leaders and they leave? And the CEO says back to his finance guy, well, what happens if we don't train them and they stay? And I think that that really illustrates the fact that, yes, there's risk in doing something. As soon as you're investing your time or your resources or your funds into something, there's a risk. But there's a greater risk if you don't do anything at all. You need people that kind of push you. I was at a Jack Canfield conference in San Diego, and uh, it was kind of funny. He put up a slide. Uh, it showed he's like, like, how do you get someone motivated, like push them past that point? Shows a little girl on the end of the, the slide. Uh, the little kid comes running up and pushes them right off. And that's like how you can beat that beer. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Nike is really onto something with their just do it slogan, aren't they? Absolutely. And especially in today's yeah. world, Terry, you know, we live in one of the greatest times in human history. We have access to this online sphere. We're not living in a country or we're not fighting in a battlefield right now. People are so caught up within their own heads on the wrong side of things because most of the time things don't matter. It's really what's going to count at the end of the day is when you're looking back on your life saying, well, I should have, you know, that's the feeling you have that regret that you're going to harness for the rest of your life rather than saying, wow, did I ever get rejected? But, you know, I would rather try, you know, and get hit really hard than sit back and say, I should have did that. We can do anything. We really, to some degree, can pretty much do anything, I believe. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a very famous old quote. It was from a speech that came from a U.S. president that talks about the man in the arena. And the essence of it is really that even if you're failing, it's better to be in that arena fighting for it and competing for it than it is to be on the sidelines, sitting back, watching somebody. That's really the essence, I think, of what you're trying to get across, isn't it? It really is. You know, when you unpack it to the thing, I, I tell everybody, I have similar that just do it mindset, but also, you know, you want to kind of be with people to walk them through it. I get it. There's, there's going to be times in life when you're going to wake up and you're going to be in that negative state. You're going to feel like crap. You're depressed, whatever it is. But the aspect, it comes right from Tony Robbins is just don't stay in that state. So you ask yourself, 
when you're really getting hit hard, you got to ask, well, how can I get myself out of the state? And right, the brain thinks in questions constantly. What am I doing this? Why am I doing this? The problem with people is that we're asking really crappy questions in our mind. And then we wonder why we get a really crappy answer. Um, so my plan coming at it with the clarity and the focus, that's what's going to focus you in. And then the more you realize and start becoming self-aware, the more you start to kind of put yourself out there, you build the self-awareness, the confidence, the focus, the clarity. And really, it's going to give you that much more pleasure in your life because you know what you want. And it all comes back to how you frame reality. Most people put up the barrier in their mind. They're like, well, you know, you can't do this. But the concept I like to use, and it comes from Gary Vaynerchuk, is reverse engineering. I tell people all the time, and I mean it with no arrogance. I say to them, I say, you don't have to be a doctor. Just have doctors endorse you. Really, at the end of the day, that's going to add the credibility. They have the backing. They went to school. But if you have good enough content, it's going to push through that boundary. And that concept of reverse engineering is so important, especially in today's world with students. One of the things that I wanted to point out is that with two books and now another one on the way, you've got your online TV show that you've been recording as well. You're building quite an audience and you're making a huge difference in the lives of so many people out there. And I know that that's going to continue to grow and I'm going to be cheering you on because I think what you're doing out there is you're changing lives. You're really helping people to not just be content with mediocrity and sit back and enjoy what they've got, but to see that there's a better way out there. And I love the energy that you bring to this. That's exactly what's needed to make sure that people have a sense of what could be done by seeing somebody who's doing it, a pace setter, so to speak. Exactly. Like you said, right at the beginning, when you asked, like, you know, if you want to lead the pack, you know, you have to work harder than the pack. I think that concept, that general idea is something so important because, you know, we sit back and we, we sit and look at ourselves and it's like, well, you know, if I can sit there and preach and talk for, for hours, you know, that's like a lot of people we like to talk. But then all of a sudden you look at my track record and let's say I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. Why would I listen to that person? And it comes the same with investing and stuff like that. You know, you don't want to invest with somebody, let's say, that doesn't really know what they're doing or if they're, they're younger than you, not making as much money or all this stuff like that. He's like, you want to go with the best. And those are the people you want to learn from. Like there's so much criticism and opinions that you're getting thrown with information. So you really have to be cautious in today's age who you're going to listen to. And for myself, it's just you learn from these people. You take in the information, always show respect, always be there listening to these people. But at the end of the day, put your nose to the grind and go and do your own thing. At the end of the day, you have to jump to your own conclusions. You're, you're the one inside your mind. You're in full control. I think a lot of people are always just looking for these answers from other people when really they have to search within themselves to find that motivation, that fire, because what's going to give them that energy? And it all comes with self-awareness. So how this all came to be with myself, I, w I, was, I grew up overweight. I wasn't that overweight, but I had no confidence. My brother was, my brother's a great guy now. Honestly, I love him. Super freak athlete. Uh, but at the time I was growing up, uh, he was a hockey player. They'd all beat me up. I'm talking bullying me big time. Not in the schoolyard, but just as a brother. He was he was a force to be reckoned with. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I had no confidence. I'm an average person. I say it to myself. I'm an average person just with an extraordinary mindset. But I grew up with no confidence. I was getting hit constantly by them. And I seriously didn't think I could fit in. I was always thinking I was, you know, below people. And, and what ended up happening was I played 16 years of hockey. I transitioned from that. I always was intrigued in the martial arts. I always looked at my past. I loved, you know, not fighting. I'm not into, I don't want to fight or hurt people, but I was into martial arts. I like karate, all that stuff. So I ended up joining Muay Thai at 16 years old. Right. And I went into there and I literally, it became an addiction. It, it was wild, like that passion. That was what became my passion. Energy, everything, the essence of who I became was through the martial arts. And I started to compete in the ring. I actually have one national title fight. I got hurt pretty bad, but I finished. I actually lost the belt, which is kind of funny. It was a funny story. I got hit within the first 15 seconds, didn't train enough, 
But it was through the martial arts igniting my passion that I was able to carry over into my now entrepreneurial motivational speaking skit. It was, it was through that. That's what built my confidence. I ended up losing the weight. All of a sudden, I realized, wow, this was me. I became my own. And, and that's where my story stemmed from. And that's where all of a sudden I wrote Life is Motivation. It wasn't the, you know, the best book. It was just my thoughts. I didn't know how to write a book, but I had so many ideas. And I said to myself, I use that concept. Take your thoughts from your conscious mind. Bring them into the material world so that you see them. They become real. And that was one of the most important parts of what I do. I just take my thoughts. I write them down so you can see them. And then you can develop your game plan and everything else. And then things become clear. You start making connections. So that's where my story stemmed. And then, you know, multiple failures. I'd been knocked unconscious in training camp. I'd sparred with some of the world athletes for Canada that were going off to fight in Brazil. I got hurt there. <laughs> right. I learned from that. And that mindset is, you know, I think it's so important to have a little bit of an extreme mindset. Like, and as a martial arts fighter, they call your name over that PA system. The music's blaring. You put in all that work for months. There's no turning back. You know what I mean? You're going in and it's the same transition as an entrepreneur. When you, you finally go all in and you say, that's it. Like you quit your job and you're saying, okay, like I'm going to sell to eat. Like I, I basically have to you know build this business or I'm going to fail and go bankrupt. It's a similar mindset with that. And I think it's important to be extreme. People tell me all the time, you're a little bit unreasonable in the way you think. And I say no, because that's how you break through the noise of your mind. There's so much clutter, so much noise. You take guys like Tony Robbins who swears on stage. Why does he do that? It breaks right through your noise, your mind. So when I'm sitting with people generally, you know, they call me the millennial motivator, right? As a joke, like my energy. And this is extreme and I don't mean it in a wrong context, but I do it to break through the audience's mind. I say to them, they're like, well, Connor, how do I get motivated? And I take it right out of Gary Vaynerchuk's style. I say, you're going to die one day, my friends. And then they look at it and it kind of gets a little bit disturbing in the audience. But I'm like, no, I want you to think about it. That's why you're going to pick up the phone and call your grandmother. That's going to be the reason, you know, if you have anything you really want to do, put yourself out there because realize that. Today's a blessing. You know, we're all people in that we have a brain, body, bleed and breathe. So you can make those decisions consciously to say, well, this is what I'm going to do. The part that gets a little bit difficult, Terry, is, you know, the consistency part. Everyone can make a decision and say, this is what I want to do. But it's, it's following through with that. And once people get hit a lot of the time with a failure, they don't have a support mechanism. You know, psychologically, it really takes a hit on your ego. Uh, people can't get back up and then they become complacent and they come into society. They need to pay bills or so many factors. But really, at the end of the day, if you break it down, we still have at least three hours a day, two hours, let's just say, of time you can be utilizing towards a project or something you want to build or let's say making more money. It's really interesting when you really think about it. And I don't think enough people, it comes back to clarity, right? So, Man, that's fantastic. I can tell you that there's one guy that I can listen to all day long, and that's Connor LaRock. Yeah. I get so much out of your books. I love the what you're doing on your TV show, what you're doing. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this book that you've got coming out, A PhD in Rejection. Listen, before we wrap up, I've got a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind, Connor. Absolutely, for sure. So here's the first one. What challenges do you see facing a lot of today's leaders? Today's leaders is getting people in gear. It comes off of the fact that we're, we're missing a lack of loyalty because there's so many options today. That it's to keep some of these people within companies. They're always like, well, I want to make more money. I want to do this. Well, maybe I can do this. We always think there's going to be something better than what we already have, which is it's a good mindset in a sense, but it's actually kind of bad because it comes with consistency. How can you, you deal with all these different variables, different ethnicities, different people with different backgrounds and, and motivate them? Because at the end of the day, there's going to be so many different factors, but it's like, well, how can I hit on these certain things? And it comes with a speaker background too. You know, some of these speakers have to get a whole audience engaged. I think one of the issues they're going to face, it comes with 
how can we get these people to realize that life's more than just themselves, than just them, that you're, you're going to have something more as a team. You're not just going to be working within a company. It's going to be, you're not just, oh, this is my job. This is what I'm obligated to do. That no, it's going to affect everybody else and kind of get people to step outside of themselves and realize that everything's kind of connected and it's more than just themselves. And, and that's the thing is once they kind of realize that it's more than that, then all of a sudden they realize their decision shaped their destiny, as Tony Robbins would say, that everything kind of affects them that, you know, if they do a crappy job, it's going to affect the company. So it's motivating them to realize that get motivated for helping everybody around them. That, that's what I think is, is going to be hard. Okay. Here's my second question for you. Ready for this one? What does inspired leadership mean to you? Inspired leadership goes right off of that concept, actually, I was just talking about. It's realizing that we only have so much time in this world and that you can make a difference. I don't think enough people actually realize that they can make a difference. And inspired leadership is waking up in the morning and knowing regardless of what's going to hit you, where you're going to be in life, that that at the end of the day, you can create, that you can have a message that can literally impact thousands upon millions of people and touch their life and actually become a significant part of who they are. You can say something, you know, we have these quotes like you like to use, Terry, which is awesome. Some of these quotes, though, they become part of you. I use one all the time and I say, if you understood the power of your thoughts, you would never think a negative thought again. Fire leadership to me is just realizing that you can make a difference. It's about being more than yourself. True fulfillment in life, I believe, comes from when you're down in the dumps or something's happening to you that you got to realize that there's obviously going to be people in worse situations, but that the easiest way to get yourself into a good state is to help somebody in need. Really, that's what brings you up. Feel that gives you that feeling of whole. So, inspired leadership is is helping pe- like as many people as you can, and it doesn't it doesn't matter what the message is, as long as you're impacting them, giving them a feeling of pleasure in in a great way. That that's inspired leadership to me, Connor. That is nothing short of powerful. What you just said is absolutely brilliant, and I can't agree with you any more than that. You've just got a great way of putting things. You've got a great way of motivating other people and helping them to see a purpose that they can work towards. I think you're doing a great job out there. Honestly, it's it's humbling to be here, Terry. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, I can say it heartfelt that, you know, you've done some remarkable things yourself, my friend. And, and I, it's an honor to be on this show, be able to, you know, spread a message. And and for anybody out there listening, I'm there for every one of them. That That's what life's about. We need to get out of this mentality of, of knocking people down. And we have to promote more of the fact that Let's bring people up. And that, that's what we're here to do. Let's do it together. Right on. I Listen, I know people are going to want to try to get in touch with you. How can people find you if they want to reach out? Okay, so people want to find me. So on Facebook, it's Connor LaRock, C-O-N-N-O-R-L-A-R-O-C-Q-U-E. Instagram, uh, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is the same. It's LaRock, L-A-R-O-Q-K. That's my handle for that. And you can check me out online at www.connorlarock.com. So use the same name there. Pretty easy to find online and, and reach out. My email is on my website if anyone wants, larock at gmail.com. I've gone through in advance and I've done all of my homework and got all of those uh, URLs and all those handles down. So I'll have them in the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to reach out and get in touch with you, they can just check the show notes and I'll have it all right there. Listen, Connor, thank you so much for being part of Inspiring Leaders, for sharing your ideas, your perspectives, your best practices. You've really enriched a, a lot of lives out there, and you continue to do so. Can't wait to read your next book, A PhD in Rejection. Thank you again so much for being part of the show. It's been an absolute pleasure, Terry. I hope you have a delightful afternoon, my man. Thank you so much. Thanks again for being part of our quest to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. Wherever you are, we hope that we've helped to inspire you 
and that you'll pay it forward by inspiring others. And just a reminder to support us on iTunes, Google, and Stitcher with your ratings and comments. Your support makes a big difference, and we sure do appreciate it. Until next time, take care, everybody. Bye for now.